Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. My guest today is lead analyst Logan Motoshami to talk about existing home sales and the playbook for 2024. Will we see the missing home buyers come back? Logan, welcome back to the podcast. It is wonderful to be here. I just got done with a one-hour presentation and everybody says, Sarah does such a good job trying to keep you in line. And I just think I just think we need to change this up for 2024 because I always say the best version of Logan is Unleashed Logan and you just, you just got to let me do my thing, right? Listen, I am trying. I am trying as best I can to keep you But uh, why? Why why try? Why let me let me I'm the best at what I do and what I do isn't very nice by the way. That's how I got my name Logan. Yes, it's from Wolverine. So so for 2024, I think you should, you know, loosen up the chains and uh, let let me let me be myself a little bit more on here. I, I will take that into consideration. Uh, uh, well, I'll get back to you on that, Logan. Okay, okay, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, so we have a lot to talk about. Existing home sales. So we're we're uh, recording this on Wednesday. Existing home sales came out. What did we see, and what does that mean to you? Well, I didn't think the purchase application data growth that we've seen in the last uh, few weeks would uh, would really impact this uh, existing home sales report. The previous month was actually lower than what some people anticipated, and we saw a little bit of bounce month to month. So I think that uh, we still are very early in this uh, um, the forward-looking data getting better phase, so the pending home sales might have a, a little bit bigger uh, a kick into that, but... Uh, again, we we always want to look at 2024 with the same playbook that we had in 2023. If the forward-looking data gets better, we go with it. And since sales are working from a very low level, we can grow sales uh, out there. And then there's also a lot of interesting subcomponents of the existing home sales report that I think uh, it will be interesting to go over with. Okay, well, let's go over them. I mean, the first thing that I would ask you is, it seems like, uh, in some ways, a repeat of last year when we saw, you know, we saw rates go down for a little bit, we saw purchase apps pick up and existing home sales. Is that what you see? Well, here here's an interesting aspect. This year was different because home prices were rising toward the second half of the year, not falling, and mortgage rates were rising, right? So affordability is still uh, wasn't getting any better, and the days on market. Not a teenager, which is good, right? The whole savagely unhealthy housing market is when that's at a teenager. But the days on market is 25 days, right? So I always say in 2011, it was 105 days, different marketplace. Um, active inventory, 1.13 million. 2007, 4 million, right? So even with sales trending below 4 million, we still have that almost 3 million gap in active inventory. This is the NAR data. This is different than ours. Um, monthly supply fell uh, slightly in this report, but it's up year over year. So again, very, very calm housing market in the sense that sellers are not stressed, right? Uh, that's, and, that's a good thing. <laughs> that, you want to talk about first world problems. <laughs> the majority of your households that are homeowners are doing well, you know, so, so that of course limits inventory to a degree, but you know, I, I, like I've talked about for some time, the last few months, I do believe new listings data is bottoming out or we're starting to see some year-over-year growth. We just need that data line to grow in the spring, right? I, I don't care so much about the convergence in the, in the early part of the year or late part of the year, but we need this to grow in the spring. So 
Hopefully rates go lower, right? Demand picks up. You know, we saw what a sub 6% mortgage market did to the new home sales sector, right? It grew 20% year over year on some of the, uh, uh, some of the prints. Wow, we could get that. We could get that in the existing home sales. All these people want to move, buy homes, you know, get this country going again. The COVID-19 housing economic policy needs to come to an end. Americans have to live their lives. I love it. So what are some of the other things about the existing home sales report that you think are worthy of talking about? You know, the price, the median price grew faster. This uh, this report on a year over year basis. Just remember that last year at this time, home prices were declining, right? It wasn't just a seasonal median sales price decline that we see every single year. We out, We authentically saw uh, prices decrease with the massive increase in mortgage rates in a very short amount of time. And really, I mean, home sales literally collapsed so much in the second half of 2022. This is why I say it's it's like the anomaly event. And, you know, like last November, I would say, hey, guys, it really looks like existing home sales are going to 4 million, right? So we're 3.82 million. The year-over-year comps are very easy. So the year-over-year declines in sales are getting less and less. Uh, we're going to have another month in December that's going to be very, uh, very easy comps as well. Uh, we might even actually have a positive print uh, uh, on a year-over-year basis for next month. So, uh, you know, kind of the same playbook to go into 2024, except we don't have the Fed on our backs, hopefully. You know, they're they're done with that, and uh, we could uh, uh, look at 2024 not worrying about them Say, I mean, they're always going to, some of them are always going to say like crazy things and, you know, where inflation is not, we're done yet, whatever. But I think the marketplace spoke for itself. Unlike last year, where I thought the market bond yields falling were more because the market stressed around the world and the bond market was thinking the US was uh, uh, going into recession or economic data was going to get really weak. Well, let's talk about that for just a minute, because after the um, enthusiasm, excitement of last week on everyone's part, what we saw over the weekend were people going, okay, now wait a second, that's not, you know, um, it's not that exciting, it's not that big a deal, and and we might still, they didn't say they wouldn't, you know, do this or um, and and we did have a Fed president come out and say some things. So you you still feel very rock solid about this. So. Like, here's a good example. President Daly three weeks ago or something was like, well, we're not talking about rate cuts. And then now she says, we're talking about rate cuts. And then one of the Fed presidents says, uh, well, you know, Williams, oh, uh, we're not talking about rate cuts. Dude, you told us you're talking about rate cuts three months ago. These people are playing musical chairs and you have to realize they're trying to play musical chairs because they're talking to the bond market. And it's the stock market. They're not talking us as normal people. We'd look at him. You're crazy, man. Well, you talk about rate cuts three months ago. What are you talking about? You know, lady, you said there was no rate cuts three weeks ago. Now you're talking about, I mean, <laughs> so just remember, they're not talking to normal people. They're trying to talk to bond traders in Wall Street. So they might seem a little bit off there and they, they're trying to maybe cut down on expectations. But just remember, the Fed could cut 75 basis points today and they're still very restrictive. Right, because the growth rate of inflation is falling, uh, uh, so uh, there's always going to be good cop and bad cop Fed. Um, so just kind of take them with a grain of salt. They're only talking to Wall Street and bond traders at this point. And again, when you have such a huge rally on the ten-year yield, going from a five point zero four percent down to three point eight nine percent in a very short amount of time, my my thing to the Fed: just shut up. Just shut up and just let it go. Just don't don't even make comments. Don't don't talk 
anything hawkish, just say, hey, listen, this is what I would do if I was the Fed presidents right now. I'd gather them all up. And we're all going to say the same thing. We overhiked. We're sorry. We should be cutting rates now just to get somewhat back to neutral, but we're not going to do that because we're old and slow. But, you know, kind of ignore some of us that might say hawkish things. We are going to slowly cut rates. If the labor market data gets weaker, bond yields are going to go lower and we're going to be behind the curve. But, you know, so just kind of, I would just tell the marketplace, hey, listen, we're going to cut rates X amount of times. If the labor data gets weaker, we're going to cut rates even more. So we'll everyone keep an eye on the jobless claims data. But they're just kind of, you got one saying another thing and it confuses people. But uh, pretty much I think what, what occurred right now is we have a unanimous market thought that the Fed has done hiking rates and the bond market rallied and mortgage rates rallied. And that's what usually happens at this stage. So you wrote um, along the good news line, you wrote a story yesterday about housing starts, which came in as a big beat, but you had some advice for that. So single so family, uh, yeah, single family flex their muscles. Now the housing starts data is now two different marketplace. Multi uh, five unit construction is done, right? That permits is falling. Single family permits uh, have been rising all year. So you know, a lot of people, one of the reasons why recession didn't happen is because the housing dynamic shifted better for the builders more than the existing home sales market. So what we saw is that single family starts took off. Now I would argue that that number was very big. It's probably going to get revised lower, but it just follows the trend of keep it simple. Everyone new home sales are growing. Single family permits are growing. Housing starts are growing for, for for single families. Don't make it any more complicated. The five unit construction is is being uh, 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 hit, and you know we're going to get the new home sales report on Friday. But even today, as we talk, there's only seventy six thousand new homes available for sale because the builders do not flood the market. That was one of the more incorrect takes I saw on social media. Uh, uh, so permits, they got to take the contract. They still have so many homes that are uh, that haven't even started construction yet. They're going to slowly work their way through, sell those homes, make as much money as possible because they're in a business. Why, Sarah? Who are they not? They're not a charity. And you always say they're not the March of Dimes. <laughs> they are not the March of Dimes. And I'm trying to get they're everybody to go back and look at what the March of Dimes are. Don't think of the builders as the March of Dimes. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about the builders because you know, in the pandemic years, supply shocks, supply chain uh, disruptions were really bad and it had a noticeable effect on a lot of things, particularly building. So here we are, we have some things going on in the Red Sea. We have major shipping companies saying, hey, we're not going to go through there. We're going to go around Africa, adds 10 days to everything, lots more costs. What do you think the disruption effect of what we're seeing there? Well, uh, we're, we're, we're about to go to war. That's what's going to happen. Uh, the military is getting ready to uh, uh, strike those uh, um, disruptors. So I, I, it's not the global pandemic. Okay. So, um, I won't equate it to what we saw during COVID. I mean, there were homes that were ready to go and they couldn't get a garage door for like 12 months, you know? So, so if we get short term disruptions from geopolitical issues, the United States military and, uh, 10 other countries are, are about to gear up. And trust me, that's not what you want to go against. Um, so I, I, I think that problem could be, uh, solved very easily. And also, you know, oil prices didn't take off 
like you know short term as they might on the headlines. So uh, uh, I I wouldn't put too much weight on that until if this thing gets a little bit more chaotic. But nothing's going to replicate a global pandemic. Like nothing was working back then, and that's why global pandemics are very inflationary. The supply chains of building and producing and getting stuff is just not there. So there's not enough uh, product available. So uh, they're keeping an eye on it. And uh, I think the military will respond very swiftly if if that thing escalates. So maybe it's more like that short-term pause we had when the shipping container got stuck in that. Was it Evergrande got stuck in that? No, no, you know that. God, that remember that whole episode, you know? Um, What happened uh, there? You know, uh, I I mean, of course, everything that's already for Christmas has already been shipped out. So if they're on a boat, uh, you'll get some delays on on some shipping things, but I I just, I I wouldn't put too much weight on this story until it escalates out of control. We have more days. So I think we're, we're, we're okay for now if we're talking about the builders, right? Uh, I don't think they're going to be held up um, too much right now. And and again, everything is working somewhat back to normal, uh, anyway, so uh, we're 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 coming from a better position right now, and, and in some cases, we have extra supply of stuff uh, uh, right now in in some sectors of our economy that need to be discounted down. Okay, so with that understanding, with the idea that like we can trust that the Fed is not going to turn hawkish on us, we can trust that we're going forward under that understanding. What do you see for twenty twenty four? What's the playbook for twenty twenty four? So n- number one, my. Number one for 2024, we cannot have Neil Kashkari come on TV and say, 6% mortgage rates, you're making our jobs higher. No, it is. If rates get down to 6% again and he comes out, I'm protesting. I'm literally going to the Minnesota Fed's office and I go, shut up. <laughs> Don't be a crybaby. Let, if you want to, uh, let me take your job. Let me take your job. Okay. I'm going to go up there and know there's nothing wrong with 6% mortgage rates. There's nothing wrong with people buying homes. Okay. After the debacle of, we need higher unemployment rates to create downward inflation. Just, man, Fed members, if you're listening, you blew this one. Don't add more fuel to the fire. Just if rates get down to 6% and people are buying homes again, don't come on national TV and go, this is something bad. No. Uh, so the 2024 playbook should not have any Fed members crying about people are buying homes again. My God, existing home sales got to the I mean, I would argue the lowest levels of sales ever with 157 million people working. You know, people have to move on with their lives. So here's a good thing. The confidence index in America got better recently. What got lower? Mortgage rates got lower, right? Here we go. People need to start living their lives. We can't sit here with a COVID-19 policy anymore. We People have to start moving and household formations and everything. A positive for us as a country uh, population growth was the highest since uh, 2019, right? Uh, births, deaths, and then immigration. So we just, we have to move forward, right? And again, this is why, Sarah, we've always said, these people are stuck in the 1970s. We got to get them out of it, right? We got to get them out of this. And hopefully the 2024 playbook is we keep an idea on mortgage rates, how they impact purchase application data, and not have to worry about mortgage rates doing what they did in uh, 2023, go from six to eight percent. Right? Imagine a more stable housing market trending lower on rates. Oh my, that's been a while, right? Uh, we get that in purchase apps grow. I'm not talking about like the COVID 19 recovery where we have a very sharp six weeks. We're already back in. I'm just saying we get steady, slow growth, and we'll take it from there. 
but get the Fed out of here. We need 2024 to not be about the Fed, right? We did. We need just the economic data, and hopefully we don't go into recession and the growth rate of inflation falls. People start buying homes, and we live our lives again, and we just tell everybody who's in the 1970s, dude, we'll get a time machine, and we'll send you back there. Okay, and then you can go back and wear those uh, uh, crazy outfits, but not, not anymore. We've got to move forward, right? That's how this country has worked us up. Household formation, people date, they mate, they get married, they have sex, they have kids, they buy homes. Back to normal, right? We got we to gotta move on. Back to normal. Well, it feels like uh, back to normal. If you and I are talking about demographics. That's what we started talking about way, you know, back before the pandemic. Yeah, we were talking yeah, about all, it, demographics and how this was going to, drive the housing market for the next four years. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's 2024. Oh my God. Time flies, right? This is the last year of my uh, economic work. So um, uh, we'll, I'm, I, I can't wait. I can't, I mean, I can't wait because the housing market in a sense, because the credit markets were so good, which we've always tried to stress kind of stayed intact right? Uh, and then now we could see that we took the brunt of the biggest and fastest mortgage rate increase ever. And homeowners were shielded, right? Shielded against the uh, inflation, shielded against the aggressive Federal Reserve. And now, God, it would be, it'd be so perfect to have 2024 just be normal, just to have a normal year. Because again, what, what can happen is that ages 28 to 35, they don't disappear. This is not like the movie Logan's Run where, you know, at age 30, they, 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 those people, those kids die. But here, they're still there. And again, uh, first-time home buyers as a percentage of sales were 31%, right, in the existing home sales report. We got to just get things moving again. And, you know, it's not shocking that the confidence index got better as mortgage rates fell because, you know, it's one thing to have the growth rate of inflation be higher. But then the cost of living, you know, with rates being so high, that's the double impact and uh, – uh, um, I'm just hoping that the Fed realize, oh boy, that last move in the ten-year yield from four and a quarter to five percent—we really didn't need that. Let's just let's just leave the hawkish stuff alone, and just let's have one good normal year in 2024, and just get things, uh, people buying homes and doing their stuff again. I, I like this. This could be a good thing that uh, 2024 could be the year we don't hear from the Fed. Just like leave it alone and let. Uh, let people run their business. Of zip course, it. I realize they zip, zip it, zip it, yeah, <laughs> zip it. My God, I, I think a lot, like a, you know, what's interesting? A lot of people are starting to figure it out. Like they said that three weeks ago, and now they change. They're not talking to you people. They're talking to bond traders and Wall Street. So normal people were like, "My, Mrs. Daly, you 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 really changed your whole outlook. You said no rate cuts, and now you're talking about rate cuts." So again, remember, they talk to the markets. We're all normal people here. We look at them and go. Not, not this case. Uh, so hopefully less, less about the Fed, more about economic data. And let's make sure we avoid that recession, right? You know, and let's make sure that the biggest turkey of the year was Larry Summers. And Larry Summers wins that award because he's seven and a half percent unemployment rate for two years. That's what we need to destroy inflation. No, uh, just remember everyone, there are baby boomers out there who just love to hear their own voice and think they're very important. And this is their last swang song. So I am just very, very happy for all those people that stuck with it who said, this is a global pandemic. The disinflation things will happen. You don't need to create a job loss. So saying we're not there. So hopefully we can keep everything attacked and go into 2024 in an expanding economy because you don't want to root for lower rates because people are losing their jobs. 
right? There's a crazy group of people that I call the anti-central bank. They'll, they'll do that stuff. But normal people, we shouldn't, we shouldn't uh, advocate for that. I love it. So um, looking at spring 2024, right? So last year we had this really weird thing where like, I think we had uh, the most listings um, in January for, for like six months. Like talk us through like what should happen in a normal year with people listing their homes and home prices and the seasonality and then what happened last year. And then, you know, what are we going to see this year? Will it be like last year or will it go back to a more normal pattern? Okay, so what what we're talking about is that with our weekly inventory data, usually listings bottom in January, right? And then they rise in January, February. And what's happened post-COVID is that that has gone away. The seasonality of inventory has completely uh, gone bonkers. What I would love to see is for we're – we're in the seasonal decline period that – we see the seasonal bottom in January and February increase, right? More listings, more sellers or buyers, right? If it's a recession, it's a different equation. But if we could get that, we could get more sales up. It's not shocking that existing home sales collapse in the second half of 2022 when new listings took another leg lower and new listings have been trending at the lowest levels for 17 months. We need more listings, more sellers that are buyers. Remember, housing demand is a function of supply. Right, that supply coming to market is a buyer as well. So we need more listing. We're hoping this is what I'm hoping for. What I don't want to see is <laughs> the seasonal bottom <laughs> happen in March or April again. Like God, that's like the last thing. Let's have one normal year. So we want to see new listings data start to grow uh, um, and start to grow on a year-over-year basis. But have the active inventory start growing in January and February, uh, and just kind of get someone back to normal. Uh, if that doesn't happen, that means we had five crazy abnormal inventory years in years 2020 to 2024. For those who don't know, I've been waiting for this period for a very long time and COVID just threw a wrench into everything. And we're trying to make sense of all the data. Uh, but that is one thing that I want to see for 2024. And you were looking forward to this period because of the demographic patch that was hitting peak home buying. Yeah, years, years 2008 to 2009 to me was going to be the weakest housing recovery ever. Household demographics didn't support you know, buying. Then we had a major credit deterioration. Uh, people had to foreclose, short sales. You lost those buyers. Those sellers aren't going to be buyers, right? So the whole, the whole, the whole dynamics of housing got messed up because of uh, the demographic factor and the credit factor. Not the case for years 2020 to 2024, you know, but- in this case, home prices escalated out of control, rates got out of control. So we're missing about 4.2 million. How I think about that with the home buyers is that years 2020 to 2024, total existing home sales, not total home sales, but existing home sales will be 6.2 and up just because of the household formation and the buyer profile. We had that up until home prices escalated out of control. That's why I was always concerned about this period. And then rates went up. So we're missing a lot of buyers here. Uh, um, so does that extend the 2024 demand curve another year? I would argue yes, because we would have more home buyers. Let's say home prices just grew one to 4%. Rates were like 3.75 to 4.75. We would have a, a more stable market and those buyers would be here now. Not the case. We had an utter collapse in sales because home prices and rates went out of control. So just get a kind of a normal year, grow sales, grow things, get out of this housing recession for the existing home sales market and end 2024 with an expanding economy and growing home sales. That would be a good way to end it. Logan, I like your optimistic view of 2024. That's awesome. Um, also in 2024, we are having the gathering, which is HousingWire's only live event 
uh, next year. It's going to be in Scottsdale. You are going to be a keynote speaker. We are going to do our live podcast event again. There's going to be a lot I of I get to beat you again? Oh, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to be fun. I still don't- Wait a second. I we have not gave the video of your beating. You are purposely holding back the mortgage rate lockdown defeat. And the, the public demands that you're not giving it out to people because you're trying to hide that you got beaten live on stage on this. And yes, and I get some of my nerdy friends to come with me. Odetta, the economist for First American, and Daryl, the economist for Redfin, will be at that event too. So I get to have my uh, nerdy They're going to be on stage with us. Yeah. Yeah. And Mike Simonson, we are going to, we're going to pack it out. It's going to be fun. Uh, people are going to be able to uh, ask you a lot of questions. Um, we have a ton of fun things planned too. Um, great connections. So everyone should think about joining us there. And then I wanted to give a shout out to some of our listeners who we've heard from in the last week or so who are talking about how they, um, they listen to us while they work out. And I've heard this for, uh, you know, over a year where people are like, oh, every morning I'm, I'm listening to you guys. Um, and they're working out. And this one person had reached their goal of losing quite a bit of weight. And, and they're like, you know, we're kind of part of their health plan. So make us part of your health plan in the new year. And if you're listening to this at like five, six in the morning, seven in the morning, good for you. I, I'm right there with you a couple mornings a week, not every single morning, but, um, it's just fun. And I love that we're part of people's lives now. Yes, we're defeating inflation on the weight side as well by teaching economics. So there you go. Uh, that's, a, that's a positive. More to come in the new year. That's More a positive. Logan, thank you so much. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.